Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Before we begin, I want to call attention to our upcoming books coming out this fall. Hulk Grand Design Collection will be in stores in time for Christmas, but you need to pre-order it now from your local comic shop or online wherever you get books. Red Room Trigger Warnings, the second season collection of Ed Piscor's over-the-top splatterpunk gore fest celebration coming out in September. Again, pre-order that now so they know how many to print and ship to your local comic shops. Makes a really great companion to the anti-social network. Notice the uh, continuing themes on those covers. We will be on the road this October. If you are in Columbus, October 6th through 9th, please come out to CXC and talk comics with us. We will also be in Baltimore Comic Con the end of October, the 28th to the 30th, the birthplace of Cartoonist Kayfabe. Once again, come out, say hello, and I will be at Jacksonville Public Library for the Comic and Zine Fest October 22nd. And now, down to business. Deadpool, number one, Joe Madureira, 18, 19 years old at this point. This is when I first come upon Joe Mad's work. I knew he was young then, did not realize how young he was. And uh, at this point, like I'm into image comics. This is one of those few Marvel comics that I bought back in the day and was blown away by this young man's art. Absolutely, man. Uh, it was classmates of mine that introduced me to, to this series. I, I don't know that this was still that era, dude. Like I really discovered comic shops late. And uh, I do not think that this had newsstands. I think it's a direct market uh, book, regardless of this. Like, maybe, I don't know. Uh, it was not at Kmart. It was not at the Rite Aid. Uh, but from the cover, just the build of that figure is solid and strong and is very pleasing to the eyes. Can't quite explain it. Uh, Bob Harris described uh, Madureira's style as bouncy. And I think you see it in here, very curvy, like elegant curves. That small head uh, is is cool. This was a departure, too, from the image style Absolutely. of pinups where it was almost like big tough guys in tough guy poses. And that bounce is, is present there. You know, your legs and arms are kind of bent he, in a way that's... It doesn't feel like he's holding this pose or that he can no. hold this pose for five minutes. It looks like you paused it for one second. Yeah. He, uh, it's, this is really ushering in some new stuff because up to this point... There's so much Gilberg of Jim Lee's style. And maybe there is 5% of that in Joe Mad's stuff. And it would probably not even be in the line art, but in the dynamics of the imagery. But he's really bringing some fresh material to this. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> I've never seen this. I've, I've rented it a thousand times. Like, I read it, uh, read it, would rent it every weekend. Because it was the best superhero yeah, right. flick that was out for a decade. You know what's funny is this is a 1993 release, August. We looked at uh, Deathmate Red, which was also fall 1993. And I'm looking at these dudes. They could be the same bad guys yeah. that are in Deathmate. <laughs> um, you know what's funny? Going back, and, and I haven't looked at this probably since 1993. Looking at it now and having looked at Joe Mad, you know, some of his X-Men issues and Age of Apocalypse stuff, I kind of love this version of him. You know, he's only drawing in this style for a short time, you know, he kind of keeps pushing his style into what we think of as his more mature yeah. style. And it's very different than this. This is really attractive style to me. If he just stuck it out here, you know, there's some Alan Davis. There's there's some different pieces here. Like you say, it's not really that image style exactly. And uh, there's a lot I like in it. Sure, yeah. But even at this level, I think he was already influential to people. Like Joe Quesada starts drawing gloves and f gloved fingers that look like this. Uh, I don't think he was exactly doing that beforehand. 
Um, That's a good hand. We're seeing these these like twisted, contorted faces and shit that uh, Joe Joe Mad is sort of known, like this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's there already. Yeah. That's One a homework for Joe Mad, right? dude. I was totally drawing ninja swords and shit with uh, just like electrical tape on the hilt rather than that ornate mm-hmm. whatever. And I, I mentioned Alan Davis, Mark Farmer. Uh, an inker I associate with Alan Davis's work, and I wonder if that's some of the flavor that I'm getting is, is coming from a veteran inker, which you would often see, you know, like uh, Marvel and DC would pair up maybe a hot new penciler with that veteran inker. We talked about, like, when you copy stuff and you're being so deliberate and not taking in the lessons, it's when you really start drawing stuff yourself where you understand what this means, these lines right, right. here, where it's like the end of the front of the face. The top of the forehead. Yeah, they talk about planes on the face. Right, yeah. And, like, I remember copying this kind of stuff and, like, copying those, like, whiskers mm-hmm. with no idea of what... Like, it's just like, hey, man, Jim Lee does that. By the way, the other place you put that, on the crotch. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, just real quick, if you go back, aren't you feeling a little Matt Allison in this? Oh, yeah. A little okay. I never would have thought of that until you said it, but totally. Like, that face. This kind of shit. Yeah, big time. And cutting in to the shape with the uh, lines, the, the, the um, proportions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a really good call. Um, this feels like the series, too, that that brings, that fleshes out Deadpool. Oh, when so I think annoying. of, like, Deadpool, yes. But when I think of Deadpool and, and kind of, like, what that character is, it feels like a big chunk of it is from this series. Absolutely. It establishes, you know, like, maybe he had some pithy comments or whatever, but the Merc with the mouth. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, look how much dialogue, and that's all Deadpool just chatter. I was reading this, and I'm like, oh, this is fun. I kind of like this. By about page 11, I'm like, shut up. It's nonsense. Just shut up. It, like, it makes you hate uh, Kay Fabian, in a way. <laughs> and it's, it's also the thing where, like, I, when I when I bring rookies and shit to to the the comic conventions with me or whatever, I always tell them like, stay far away from Deadpool cosplayers because those people take it as a license to be fucking idiots. Right. By and large, man, like they chose that costume to be an asshole, and it's the character, but you still you still might get knocked out by somebody. I know they they say you know Mark with the mouth is his gimmick. But I also wonder, like, when you look at some of the image comics that are coming out at this time and, and popular, this is such a contrast to have a character that's like this much dialogue. You know, I don't I can't think of any character at image that did this amount of dialogue. And I wonder if that's a conscious thing on their part of like trying to separate their books. I don't think it was conscious. <laughs> I don't think there's any conscious shit. Joe Mad, I'm shocked, though, by the level of the cartooning. Because we it's also beautiful. talk about early cartoonists and how, like, maybe you do too many of these long shots because you're insecure. He's still medium shots and close-ups. Like, it's really accomplished. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's called an establishing shot for a reason. You do a good one of these, and you don't have to really uh, lean into it that much. But this is the changing of the guard. You, you got J. Scott Campbell over there at Jim Lee's studio kind, kind of pushing stuff in his way. And you got Joe Mad. Do, doing his piece, man. And he's sticking within the rubric of what is a Marvel comic. But he's playing with the idiom of manga here. And you often talk about Joe Mad doing the one, you know, popping one big eye. It's here. You know, it's here from very early on in his work. Gets a lot of expression out of the uh, Deadpool mask. Yeah. Never seen a cooler cane. <laughs> well... They made. No, f- I, I still haven't seen a cool cane. <laughs> <laughs> they made a figure that... So, like... 
the to- when the toys were coming out, it was such a such a business that there were two cane figures, man. Wow. And and one of them is based on this one. In fact, like there's there's a there's a series of of the figures. Like there's a Black Tom Cassidy that comes out of out of this with the fucked up eye and all that shit. But when you see these bits here, can't help but think of the JRJR cable. That's fair, and it does kind of stick with the cartooniness of oh, yeah. some of the more cartoony elements like these things that's that's something i see with them is it's i don't know there's a uh silly's the word i'm i'm thinking but it's not quite what i'm saying you know like it's over a, the top it is over the top yeah yeah that's that's the way to look at isn't it isn't it so excess. badass looking this is my favorite illustration in this issue yeah <laughs> i really like it yeah rift is sick i i have this book and I just got it from my cousin or something like that. And there's so much cool duotone artwork in there. I was going to say, I don't remember the color versions because there's, there's a lot of black and white of this version with the duo shade, um, which is what I usually think of. So seeing this in color, I was like, oh yeah, that looks really good. Yeah. Very cartoony juggernaut sticking with that theme. Yeah, it's Joe Mad, you know, and, and, and there's that bounce. Totally. To you can even see like, even the the supporting characters on the page have that bouncy quality. Like, look at the... It's madness, the amount of movement in these characters. Oh, yeah. Keystone Cops, like... Yes. And and the size of the big guy in the little... You know, that's you, you find these compositions in Shonen Jump. I was going to say, totally. There's some manga-esque elements there, and it's not in the style or the inking. It's the but idea. it's in the composition. Yeah. And he looks great. He looks tough. He looks menacing. He looks like that big character that... I don't know, man. I was always a fan of, like, the big brawler character. Nails it. Yeah. Not a bad aperture opening up. Yeah, it makes for a uh, a fun panel. Yeah, it's a good panel, and it's not much pencil pencil mileage. Like, like the key to doing these kind of job comics is figuring that part out, man, because they got you on a schedule. So, like, the guys who we know as being, like, superstars are people who are able to figure out how to economically draw cool shit yeah get it done within that schedule and have some shots that don't look like they're uh running out of time right not easy to do it's a nice um this is a good like cliffhanger moment too because obviously there's some reveal we're not going to get that yet yeah we'll come back to that you want to know what they're seeing but uh not yet look at this little weird guy man troll from uh deathmate red yeah missing missing his hair piece (laughs) i mean that is spot on yeah grab that shit man Almost the same colors. It's uncanny. Those glasses and everything. Really weird. There's a bunch of call and response. <laughs> I guess uh, so. Shots, shots being fired. Yeah, and that's part of, uh, I guess, the storyline within this miniseries is Tolliver's will. Everybody's chasing this this document, and uh, he's he's involved with it. So yeah, we're not going to get or four people. much of him in this issue, but that's that's kind of what he is as a subplot that's Good, building to the main story. Great pose, huh? There's quite a few of them. Yeah, it's really good. Good hands, good gloves. Hands so hard to draw, man. Again, to be a young cartoonist doing it. I was thinking about Joe Mad's age as we've looked at some stuff of his lately. He must leave comics when he's like 28 or something. Probably, yeah. Yeah, sure. Which is wild to think like, comes in when he's 16, right? So dedicated and loving comics. Gets attains a high level of success and then moves on That's the weird. That, that's the weird thing. Like, he, he wasn't like so about comics like in interviews and stuff he's one of these guys who's an exceptional talent who kind of was there right place right time but he was never committed to comics um so he he did his piece and then and then you know used use his money for 
seed money for a video game company and all that, which is where his passions lie, I feel. Yeah, I guess so. This is kind of a neat little three-panel piece, especially for, like, you know, a half-page row, but showing the arm being getting fixed up. Hey, I was looking at this. So this is Weapon X, yeah. and he wears this X on his collar as Weapon X. He's not an X-Men. It's the same exact X as X-Men. Yeah. Copyright infringement? It surprises me that editorial is down with that, unless you're going to make some sort of storyline connection between X-Men and Project X or Weapon X or whatever that's called. It just seems strange. And it is funny to think of, like, X-Men and Weapon X as, like, branding themselves right. with these little cool, uh, you know, in case they want a merchandise or something. You want to have <laughs> Merchandising. These, <laughs> want to have their spread shop, you know, <laughs> sell some stuff. <laughs> great, another great fist. Wow, yeah, it's McFarlane-esque in there with some of that line work. Super detailed. You get the seams, you get the shadows, knuckles, everything. And we'll do the cuffs on the gloves. Yes, cuffs, Fan on, of cuffs that. on the feet. Yeah, that was a piece that always uh, kind of added to it. And a lot of fighting throughout this issue where you get to really see his figure work and how accomplished that is. Mm -hmm. And just finding inventive compositions, you know, within these uh, within a fight. I'm not 100% sure, but I feel like that's a storm shadow on the on the um, action figure box. That's funny. not 100% sure. I've seen a storm shadow like that, that paint, does painted. It does look similar. Um, pretty believable bump on this one and it turns out they're fighting over information that neither one of them has right they both think that the other has it yeah so dumb it's a, it's a really dumb comic but that looks so beautiful i'm very impressed with this catwoman drawing i spent some time looking at this comic and trying to figure out like who drew this ad doesn't it look like it was formed out of the the valiant camp or something though the color looks like valiant color yeah i, I don't know i don't know who would have drawn it but like the penguin it's a really good likeness no idea who this artist is Curious if, if uh, somebody can put that in the comments below, because I, I do think those are really good likenesses. Yeah. When you see that comic book type imagery, it almost always has to come out in continuity. Yeah, that's what I think too. And there was, there was an ad on one of these that looked like continuity coloring, but the line work was so bad, I thought like, could that have come out of continuity? <laughs> uh, kind of an interesting panel page layout piece there. Yeah, establishing your badass cloaked figure. You know, that's a good drawing, and he's just not breaking a sweat. Uh, probably storytelling-wise, you might want to have him advance a little bit more after dispatching somebody, you know, he's in the same same pose. Yeah, and to have him going right to left is unusual. Mm -hmm. Makes me wonder if that's an influence of somebody that's into manga at the time and maybe reading unflipped manga at the time, uh, because it's so atypical that he wouldn't be moving to the right. Yeah. I had to think of Mike Saints. Last great era of the 16-bit um, generation, dude. Continuing on with our uh, our bad guy who goes to the Weapon X training program files where Garrison and Wade, they're right next to each other in alphanumerical filing, <laughs> right? Slay back. And, and they sell it like we care. Yeah, there, there's nothing less interesting to me than this character. Yeah. I mean, wow. He's alive again. Just, just take the S away from it lay back <laughs> not too good but let's go back to our other subplot and like, see what tom cassidy looks like i feel like we saw this guy in some of those stephen platt moon knights mm. he's or, such or no, a uh, was, maybe it was even profit i was gonna say like a steven seagal movie he seems like such the typical nine early 90s bad guy look i like to think of this as a tangent like that's I'm, a funny like tangent that's one face that's hilarious because <laughs> <laughs> it's like side view of eye Here's the nose, here's the mouth, you know. What I like here, to me, that's that's Joe Mad. 
Uh -huh. You know, that eyeball is so much a Joe Mad eyeball. You know, like you get those glimpses of where the direction he's going to go stylistically. Take that guttural way. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so close. It's so funny. That little tiny nose at the top would be great. Totally. Because the, the, the <laughs> line here would cut about there. It works. That shadow even continues into the mustache. Hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> there he is, dude. Black Tom is back. And fucking Black Tom Cassidy disappears in the 70s oh no 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 that's the uh, rob, rob liefeld uh used him that's right never mind i was gonna say like rob liefeld in x-force used him and he falls down that elevator shaft or some shit is that true i don't remember that i i don't remember a lot of the x-force run at this point it's been a long time yeah um i think black tom cassidy and juggernaut are there with like uh gideon and stuff okay but i was about to say like like black before but before rob brought him back like black tom was like used it in the 70s and that was it man there was like a whole decade where there was not like one black tom cassidy thing yeah but what about slayback <laughs> this, this blurb is such like those 90 comics you know like the the abyss of the 90s mm -hmm. comics is summed up in this blurb because it's like plus slayback the executive elite yawn yeah vanessa question mark like I, like i don't understand any of this and the return of sluggo is that a Nancy joke? <laughs> um, I think this is kind of neat that they're running an ad like this where like you're doing the negative of the artwork. That's okay in itself, but when you combine it with like a cover that's like this with the gigantic logo, I feel like that's kind of fun to see them doing some stuff design-wise, like trying to, uh, I don't know, do something different. Yeah. Something loud, something a little bit more 90s design-ish. It was noticeable. Yeah, it's definitely different. But blown away by Joe Mad is like, this is his first full comic, right? Um, it might have been Excalibur, like uh, like, okay. like an issue or two of Excalibur, and I have those. Like like I picked those up on the direct, like on the newsstand, just because it looked cool. It was like the only fucking Excalibur comics I had. Uh, didn't know the guy's name. Obviously, he was nobody. But uh, I think those might have come out before this. Well, I'm impressed. I was impressed back then, and, and by, even and by more the way, so now. They came out two months before this, or, or you know, like right. like like super close. Yeah, it's, it's wild to me. It just feels very accomplished. You know, I don't know what this dude's doing in high school, but yeah. man, I bet not much of a social life and a lot of just comics work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like he, he's, he's, he's got it. You draw, know? He's draw, got and it. draw like, some more. Like, like it's, hard to, it's hard to say, though, man, because, I mean, the guy is very well-spoken, doesn't seem homunculus, fit, you know, a reasonable cat, so uh, handsome. So, so, <laughs> so, like... I'm sure he had a life, but yeah, he, just, right. he just has some extra ability that just the average bear just does not, man. Yeah, it's so interesting. Like, Influence is, is generation. It, is it just talent, or is it like, did he find some pieces early on that really helped? The manga stuff, the like, and, and specific, like the video, the SNK fighting game stuff that he discovered and brought to comics... It lends itself well to the superhero genre. It really does. And and we looked at, like, Ninja High School, right? And, like, Ben Dunn bringing, like, manga flavor to comics. He's not as accomplished as, like, a figure drawer. But this dude is, like, he understands muscle and, and form and volume and all the stuff that you would need to understand for a superhero comic. And then he's bringing that SNK flavor to mainstream comics and and legitimately influenced a generation of pencilers going forward you know probably till about 2005 there were dudes drawn this way 
I'm also curious, is there a, any other Deadpool piece that we're missing? Like between the couple of appearances in X-Force and New Mutants and then this, right? Like this there, is the piece that really kind of gets Deadpool, <clears throat> I don't know, it launches him into high gear. Is this the first miniseries? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess so, man. I mean, he's he's in like the Greg Capullo issue, so like he's in a lot of X Force after mm-hmm. Rob Rob Liefeld. You know, they're they're making editorial callbacks to issue twenty two and shit like that. But uh, Deadpool, just the aesthetics of Deadpool hit immediately. I was there. I picked this shit up. I drew on my bedroom wall the right. new the new mutants logo. I created my new, own New Mutants team because I wanted this Deadpool character to be in there more. When he showed up in X-Force 2, like, that is the comic that I still have from that time period that is the most tattered. Right. All the stuff that I love the most, I had to rebuy just for disintegration reasons of me just destroying those comics, looking at them over and over again. That's the one that I still have, and it is barely functional as a comic because I looked at it so much and dug it so much. And then, you know, he showed up in the Greg Capolos and shit. Uh, and then I guess I guess it's this. I know that Rob said to you guys, like, it was the video games or something that, that like, set, put Deadpool on the map. But I disagree, man, because, because uh, like, I was a kid there, and there were kids who were fucking with Deadpool. Like, they knew Deadpool. Yeah. Uh, and then when this comes out, and it gave you license to be an asshole, like, it It's was... fascinating to think of these characters that have the staying power and that become that almost transcendental kind of character. Yeah. Because, like, this is the biggest Marvel character since 1990, right? I'm not, I'm not overlooking anyone. May, it made so, so much sense, too, that it's, it's a kid who made it. Like, of course a kid is going to understand what other, ki- what's, what other kids are, are, right. are, are wanting. And, and what did, what did um, Rob Liefeld say in our shooter interview? I want to give you a ninja with a sword and a gun. Yeah, right, yes. Like, that was the cool thing about Snake Eyes to him. He's got a Uzi and swords. It's hilarious to think of, like, that kind of deconstruction where it's like, oh, yeah, of course. It's the simplest formula ever whenever you put it that way. And then add some comedy on his mouth, give him a smart-ass mouth to go with it. Yeah, which does, which does come later, I feel like. Um, and, you know, same deal with uh, when he created Cable, and you see the little paper where he created Cable, and he's just talking about, <clears throat> like, tentpole movies. You just talk about like cross between Terminator and Schwarzenegger from Predator and like like all this kind of shit. Like he was a kid who knew what kids wanted to fucking check out. And we immediately responded to that. Yeah. You good to go? Yes. Stay favors, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell, we'll notify you when new vids are available. Jimmy, what's out there, man? Hulk Grand Design, it is time to order this at your local comic shop. Or online, wherever you buy books, it'll be out in time for Christmas with a glow-in-the-dark, practically fluorescent green, blacklight active cover in an oversized collection. So pick that up, but order it now. Let your shop know you want one of those in time for Christmas. And join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can see a lot more of my comics and process. Red Room Trigger Warnings trade paperback hitting the shelves in September, uh, mere weeks away from the release of this book. My best book uh, to date, my 10th book in 10 years, Jimmy. Super proud of this, and I thank everybody for supporting the work like they have been. Good Looks like it'll piece. look pretty good on the shelf next to this guy. Absolutely, man. Uh, so uh, pre-order those comics right now. Tell your short story that you want them so that they order properly and that we uh, print enough of those suckers up. And if you're interested in future Red Room comics, uh, before they hit paper, uh, you could go to my Patreon right now. I'm serializing a couple pages a week, every Tuesday, three dollars you're going to be able to also read all of anti-social network and all of trigger warnings there as well uh it might be six months before the first issue uh hits hits the shelves of this new round man 
And uh, what else have we got out? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. Another great way to support that Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Give them those marching orders, Jimmy. We'll be on our way. Read more comics.